0: This is Plan B, Episode 3, for April 23rd, 2013. Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice shop talk for the expert and opinion discussion for the interested observer of all things Bitcoin and related technologies. Hey, Drew. Hey. Hey, man. Welcome to episode three. Thank you, thank you. So uh, this week we have a heck of a show lined up. We're going to chat with uh, Dave later on in the show. Dave Perry has his hands on one of the Butterfly Labs 5 gigahertz miners. We're going to get his thoughts on that. He's had it actually for the week. So he's got to put it through his paces for a little while, and he's been using it uh, 24-7. So we'll kind of get his updated thoughts from when he put out an unboxing video earlier this week. And uh, we've also our, we're going to have some news discussion, Drew, and we've gotten uh, quite a bit of good feedback, too. So I thought maybe we'd start—we're kind of we're kind of getting in order to this thing. We'll start with the feedback at the top, and then towards the end of the show, we'll do all the Litecoin feedback. Does that sound good to you? Yes, sir. Bring it on. All right, here we go. So uh, this one, I liked—it was a little long. I'm gonna, uh, Eric, Eric, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it was a little long. <laughs> um and so we're going to paraphrase a little bit we're we're just going to kind of jump into this uh sort of at the different at the different points uh, that we like i i realize before we get started i should probably address something it's sort of it's sort of the the elephant in the room when we started this when we did episode two last week the price of bitcoin was at like 68 69 dollars now, as we're recording right now, the price is at $142, and it, it kind of appears to be going up, actually. So, this is now, the show is not about the price of Bitcoin. In fact, we often say you shouldn't get too carried away by, about the price. But I just mm-hmm. we're just going to be watching it as it goes. That, that might shape our conversation. Because uh, we, uh, we have a few clips we'll be playing this week from people that were like, Oh, look at Bitcoin. It's a failure. It's popped. It's ruined. You see what
1: happens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But uh, why don't we start with, uh, with Eric's email here. He says, uh, hey, Drew and Chris, first of all, love the show and hope to keep hearing it for years to come. The fact that you're covering the whole cryptocurrency market rather than just bitcoins alone from the first episode is a very good sign, in my view. You know, we also got a lot of emails from folks that were essentially just saying that, saying, hey, we love that you're talking about other cryptocurrencies, too. So I think that's pretty cool, pretty positive. Yep. Anyways, he wanted to share with us something interesting that uh, a friend of his has been developing. He's kind of taking two of the most cool emerging technologies that we have right now, 3D printing and Bitcoin, and and combining them into what he calls a crypto coin-based business. His project is 3D custom printing. And he actually also takes, I guess this is why it's a crypto coin business, is he also takes Litecoin and Bitcoin, which is kind of cool. Hey, there you go. Yeah, you go to this guy's site, and uh, we'll have a link here in the show notes if you go read uh, Eric's email. You go to a site, and you can put in an order, and he'll print up, you know, something on the 3D printer. He says... uh, He's had a website up for a few weeks, and he's done a handful of uh, commissions, like a Raspberry Pi case, a 3D scan of someone's face, a Minecraft creeper, of course, that's awesome, and uh, a printed piece for other people to build their own 3D printer out of. And uh, so it's a 3D printer that can then help you build a 3D printer, too. And you could pay for it with Bitcoin. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, he says, uh, keep up the great work. He looks forward to uh, to shows in the future. I think... Um, I don't know. I think Bitcoin and uh, and, uh, and 3D printing are three great, are two great flavors that go together. And then you just add uh, online ordering and that's your third ingredient. And bam, you got yourself a Sunday surprise. <laughs> yes, sir. There you go. <laughs> all right. Mitchell writes in. Uh, he says, uh, Hi, Chris and Drew. I'm new to Bitcoin and I think it's really cool. I'm using Coinbase as my wallet on my Android phone. And I'm using Electrum on my Windows tablet PC as my main wallet. Wow. This guy's all about mobile. Uh, As I only have an Intel i3 core and four gigabytes of RAM on my PC. So I am running, uh, so I am only running about 200 kilohashes and I haven't gotten much. So it's just a hobby. Wait a minute. Is he telling me he's Bitcoin mining on the CPU of his Windows tablet?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I believe so, sir.
0: (laughs) I'm not laughing at you, Mitchell. That's just the funniest thing I think I've heard all day in terms of (laughs) Not ever anything I ever expected. See, now that's hey, something the iPad can't he's do. He's in it
2: long for, you know, the the ten year long haul. Maybe, you know, in about ten years, that might be worth something.
0: Um, man, you know, Mitchell, uh, he says uh is there so he He's got a question in here, but I gotta think the damage you're probably doing just in heat generation to the tablet is is of more cost than the any Bitcoin generation you're ever gonna get. I mean, even if that thing had like you know, like uh, uh, one of those NVIDIA embedded graphic subsystems in there. You're still, you're not going to be getting <laughs> anything on
2: that. But <laughs> we had that guy last week that that was doing the same thing, right? He was mining on I, I. When we talked about that guy who was mining on a CPU, I completely didn't even realize. I mean, I read CPU, but I didn't realize, he, you know, that he meant CPU. I automatically assumed GPU because it just. And even you know, a GPU, compute.
0: we're like, ah, it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, it really is not right now. It really is. Butterfly Labs is shipping uh, ASICs. People are shipping A6. This is really not the time.
2: Yeah, we're going to get left in the dust very, oh, very soon. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, so he goes on, and this is actually a problem. Um, he says, is there a way to transfer Bitcoins without paying the 0.05 transfer fee? Because that's more than I have altogether in both. And he wants to consolidate from his Coinbase account to his Electrum wallet on his tablet. But the problem is, is that the transfer fee is more than the balance that he wants to transfer.
2: Well, the, the, the transaction fees aren't required by the network, right? Right. They're enforced by the clients, right?
0: Right. right. Um, uh, Electrum lets you set your own fee. From I think they have a default of zero point zero zero two now, mm-hmm. or something that's zero point zero two or so. It's it's if it's lower than the than the what the Bitcoin QT client is. The problem is that Mitchell has is I don't think Coinbase lets you alter that at all. I don't think it, when I went into my Coinbase account and looked around, I just had a I just had a send bitcoin button and you just put the amount in the address and hit send. There's no uh there's no like advanced options to set the uh transaction fee or anything like that.
2: That kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, uh it really does kind of suck, Mitchell. Um gosh, I don't know what uh I don't know maybe if the chat room has any ideas here cuz I've I've run into this too. I have uh I have some bitcoins in the Mount Red um Mining pool that the uh, Bitcoin subreddit had going for a while. And my, my balance there is lower than what they allow me to transfer out. <laughs>
2: but, you well, know, I mean, it's... If, he's min- if he's mining to a pool and then he like, how did the money get into Coinbase? Because does Coinbase operate as like some kind of receiver for any kind of pool. Mining? Yeah, You
0: could just use Coinbase as a wallet.
2: It, well, yeah, that's what I thought. It's just a wallet, right? So how did the money get into the, the Coinbase account? Did he purchase that? I thought he mined it.
0: Well, that's a good, mm, maybe he purchased it and then spent some of it.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, KM Computing in the chat room hooks us up with, uh, we got the exact making model of his tablet that he's Bitcoin mining <laughs> on. That's awesome. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> well, uh, hm. I'd say, I'd say maybe buy some more, <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, buy another .5? No, I don't know. That's horrible. I contact, actually, to be honest with you, contact Coinbase support. That's really what you got to do. Pretty much, yeah. You got to contact. I mean, them. They,
2: they might let them around it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I got it. This has got to be something people run into. Um. It's like uh, the Xbox point system where I get just enough points to buy one show, but then I have points left over not to buy anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we don't want that. No. Uh, but anyways, Mitch, uh, also maybe reconsider... Now, here is a great example. We're going to talk about Butterfly Labs later today, so that's why it's on my mind. But with with the idea of an external USB-attachable miner, you could mine on a tablet because of the processing is being offloaded to that USB enclosure. Yep. And you, so you could have a... You could have, you know, a solid state, really low end machine doing it, which is which could be really great. Uh, just as a follow up too for you, uh, Mitch, uh, in the in the show notes just below your email, I'll include a link to uh, a discussion on the Bitcoin Stack Exchange about the different clients and the different transaction fee options that they have. And uh, that maybe also if you do a little reading on that thread, it might potentially point you in the right direction. And uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in. We got lots of emails. We just covered a few ones. We have more uh, later in the show during the Litecoin segment. And uh, we also got some texts. Lots of just little short stuff, which was perfect. That worked out great. So thanks to everybody who, uh, who texted the show. We didn't get any, any voicemails, though. Nobody oh, called yeah. us. Well, yeah. So here it is. Call us, you guys. one 352 587 That's 352-58. Plan B. 352 352- 58 plan B you can text us or call us the texting is cool too I mean that's it's kind of almost easier to process than email in some ways so it's kind of neat that way but especially
2: uh, given how huge that one guy's email address or email address. eric's yeah
0: eric, <laughs> eric got a biggie yeah <laughs> yeah so we kind of paraphrase we might do that if you send in a really long one you can email us plan b at jupiterbroadcasting.com or just hit that uh contact link at the top of the website but uh oh Hmm. Josh, says he sent an audio? But uh, I didn't catch it. I didn't. Did you see an audio voicemail in the email? No, remote? I didn't see anything like that. I, I
2: didn't go into the voice
0: portion of it. But. Josh, did you email Plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com? dot com? Josh. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, we got some bad news. We just gotta. You know, we we we, we, we can't. Uh, it's not all. It's not all just uh, unicorns and butterflies and roses. There's sometimes something bad that happens. And this week, right uh, right after our show wrap, the next day, really. Bitfloor announced that they're shutting down indefinitely. And BitFloor is one that we'd actually talked about on the show in episode one because they were one of the really cool things about the exchange is you could take cash to a Bank of America branch. They would fund a BitFloor account, and then in, within 20, 30 minutes, that money would be available on the market for you to trade with. So this also, I mean, you know, much more anonymous, too, because you just, you just walk in there and hand, hand the teller some cash in, in a little envelope. Right, right. And, and a dream for the day trader who wants to jump on on a on a on a panic sell. So if the price drops way down and you want you know because on all the other funding options you're waiting days. For your oh, money I know
2: to- that sucks. Yeah, you can get that really fast if you're going to be going, going to that method.
0: Twenty thirty minutes. You your your account's funded. Bob's your uncle. So Bitfloor, I think Bitfloor. What ended up happening? They haven't. They've been actually a little tight-lipped. So uh, basically, if you read their blog, which we have linked here in the show notes. The bank is shutting down their account. This is primarily how the funding happened on Bitfloor. Uh, USB to BTC was done. You know they would fund it, and then Bitfloor would do that uh, uh, conversion. And uh, they said, sorry, we're shutting down your, your accounts. And so I guess they're going to have their returning money back to the people who are using the BitFloor exchange. So people aren't out yet, but not, the, not all the details have been released on that. They say that the bank has issued them a check for the remaining account balance. Once this check is received, they'll be working on establishing some way to return those remaining funds to their users. But a lot of people are, you know, one of the, one of the big draws to BitFloor was you could be super anonymous. So it's a little hard to get a hold of everybody.
2: Ah, yeah, that's got to be a pain for them. <laughs> well, it's too bad we got all this money we're sitting on, but we can't get a hold of these guys. You know, it might yeah. be pretty good.
0: And you know what the result of this was is uh, uh, it, it's it was it sort of hit right uh, the 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 uh, the market was starting to recover, but the media's sort of lag in covering Bitcoin <laughs> was still in full effect. So they were still they were still at the peak of covering the Bitcoin crash when when this story hit. So then, uh, some experts went on some popular shows and started started trashing Bitcoin altogether. Um, one of which that got the most attention was on the Colbert Report. Now there was this was a two part. So, this is actually quite a bit of time The Colbert Report spent talking about Bitcoin. And there's some people like myself who subscribe to pretty much all forms of advertising or good advertising. But the first half went pretty well. The second half was a train wreck when, when NPR's Money Talk Guy came on and basically just tried to mention all of the ways that Bitcoin's evil. However, the first part's pretty funny, and I'll play a clip for you.
3: Well, there is one thing I do know, folks, is that I am heavily invested in something called Bitcoin. Now, if you don't know what Bitcoin is... Wanna buy some Bitcoin? No? You sure? Okay, Jimmy. Tell them
4: what it is. Bitcoins are basically just digital coins traded between computers. The writer of the program created a finite amount. Like gold, the value changes daily. Bitcoin is uh, gold for nerds, if you will.
3: Yes. Gold for nerds. (laughs) or as we nerds call it, mithril. Brighter than silver, stronger than steel, mined by the dwarves in Moria until they dug too deeply and released Durin's bane. You know. Bitcoin. Bitcoin joins a rich tradition of made-up currencies like camel cash and the euro. But... Unlike currencies run by a cabal of central bankers, Bitcoin is a purely online currency with no intrinsic value. Its worth is based solely on the willingness of holders and merchants to accept it in trade. That's right. Bitcoin has worth just because a bunch of people on the Internet have agreed that it is worth something.
0: Now, that's kind of true, but also kind of not true, because there is obviously a it's a product that fills a demand that demand is for a decentralized currency that is designed to work over the internet now once you create a solution that provides that requirement that, that people are looking for that seems like that inherently gives that something value because it's a demand it's fulfilling a demand so
2: right, it, yeah
0: I, I, I can't i can't really buy in this argument that it has the only value it has is what we're willing to pay for it no no that's the price that it has that's its price. But its value is not determined by its price. Its value is determined by its functionality. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right.
3: Like Psy. Essentially, essentially, the online world is the central bank here. Just imagine if the Federal Reserve was taken over by GameStop. Now, you can get Bitcoin by this process called mining it which is using your computer to crunch a bunch of numbers or something. But you can also buy it. So as a shrewd investor, I waited until
4: just the right moment. I remember when I was trying to encourage people to uh, buy Bitcoins, I first publicly recommended it around a nickel, uh, a coin. Now it's $133.
3: Last Thursday, Bitcoins were selling for about 130 bucks. Earlier today... They had an all-time high of $266. Buy, 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 buy! Bitcoin <laughs> plunging more than $200 in value.
2: It, it took uh. an absolute nosedive. It crashed. Bitcoin's value crashed.
4: The Bitcoin
3: is going bananas. I'm ready to vomit after what has happened today. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, so he resorts to making puking noises. I mean, it was a good bit, though. It was actually, there were some truth nuggets in there, and yeah. uh, better than just a glancing understanding, it would seem. So that's, that's encouraging. Now, the next segment, which I actually clipped and intended to play, uh, was a total train wreck, but uh, unfortunately. Although, and actually, funny enough, depending on how your view is, Colbert kind of becomes the defendant of Bitcoin, because when the NPR guy's like, it's used to buy drugs, man. <laughs> it's used to buy drugs. And then Colbert's like, yeah, because cash is never used for that. You know, he actually pointed it out, so that was refreshing. Uh, but let's talk a little serious. Speaking of that value, you know who else might be seeing some value is venture capitalists. This mm-hmm. is a, There's a post over on Zero Hedge, and they seem to be, in my opinion, hit and miss on some of their stuff, but they have some great guest writers from time to time. And this week, ConvergeX's uh, Nick Cullis is writing a piece over there, and he says the next chapter for Bitcoin is going to be an entry of smart money venture capitalists looking to build currency infrastructure and that the price, according to Nick, is just a distraction. And uh, he he went, uh, uh, let me bounce a couple of his points off here, Drew, and you tell me if these jive with you, All right? Yes, sir. He points out that in its short life, it's garnered almost as much praise and scorn as a quote-unquote real currency, okay? And he says it has shown us a couple of profound things about us and one of them is is that humans at this point are more willing to put trust in technology over belief in government institutions and things like that
2: yeah i I couldn't agree more and that's 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 one of the things that gives it a lot of value right is because you're, you're not you're not making it available to anybody else's whims any whim of any central authority or or you know Somebody who sees an economic uh, crisis here and starts printing a bunch of money. Yeah,
0: I mean, so, or somebody who will manipulate it for political advantage. or
2: Which doesn't happen, especially
4: in the
0: U.S. No. <sighs> um, he goes on to say that uh, interest in Bitcoin is measured in the number of Google search terms. And those search terms come from Russia, the U.S., Finland, Estonia, Sweden. He says that it isn't just a bunch of Tea Party folks or nerdy tech heads or spooked Russian billionaires. Bitcoin is essentially the Esperanto of money, but without any need to learn a new language. So I think this is what's so great is like there's some countries where they wanna they wanna use Bitcoin maybe because they have Russian oil money and their hangout in Cyprus was just shut down and so they wanna they wanna move a ton of their money into something and maybe one of the things they put a percent of that money into is Bitcoin. So it fills that need, right? And then me as a tech enthusiast. I get off on the idea of a currency built for the internet that's open source. And so I have my interest in using it, right? From that angle. And there's math nerds that like using it. And there's there's all these different reasons to use it from all over the world. And it's not just one country. It's not just one language. And I think that's huge. And that's something that it's so hard for us to really fully think about. Because we're always so US-centric or we're always so centric to the country that we're in. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, it puts it in context because you have to consider the, the demand for it you know, across the entire world. That's the, that's a cool thing about the internet. It's kind of like, I guess, Bitcoin's in a way like a metaphor for the internet and in that, you know, everybody can, everybody can engage each other directly. You don't need to go through anybody else. You need, you don't need to cut anybody else a fee. You can go just directly to individuals, you know, at end point to end point. That's, that's really popular with everybody because you got all these jurisdiction problems, these tax issues. I mean, try putting, try putting $10,000 in like a duffel bag and then go through the airport and try to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> Give that a shot. See yeah, how it works.
0: Yeah, uh, versus a USB thumb drive in your pocket, exactly, yeah. or an online wallet. Um, so, and I just, I, the, yeah, the point there is, you know, there's so many factors around the world for people to need a currency like this that while it might seem kind of silly and zany in the country where our currency is the reserve currency of the world. So it kind of, and it's been, you know, uh, I've been reading this amazing book that I'm going to talk about next episode. And he goes on to talk about how, how just the U S dollar has not changed in so long just to represent the stability of the dollar. And, and so to us, our country, we are so profoundly like, it's just like it's, it's baked into us as a society now that the dollar is like, it's almost like a holy note. Yeah, but, we're spoiled with it. Right, but there's, hello, Zimbabwe, there's tons of countries where they desperately need something like this. And right now, those markets are being totally owned by the mobile operators and doing all these micropayments. And those are not the people you want in control of the currency. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, public interest in new currencies is deep enough to forgive some pretty serious teething pains, he says Bitcoin has had a tough month of April, the result of everything from aggressive hack of wallets uh, to multi-hour outages at popular exchanges. The price of Bitcoin went from 260 to 60 in just six days, and yet from those lows on April 17th, it is ha- it has doubled to 110 or so on April 21st, and it's 139 right now. And this this point he makes here, where public interest is deep enough, like we need a, we need a solution so bad. You know, we, we're so desperate for something that we're willing to live out the beta phase of it.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're yeah, the demand for it is going to continue to, to increase because this this whole economic downturn and all, all this stuff that's going on with Europe, I, I mean, I guess everywhere essentially is that I mean, it's it's going to be around and there's going to be a demand for it because the localized currencies aren't going to meet the demands that these people want. Like it's it's almost too archaic at this point for these old systems.
0: He goes on to say, venture capitalists see a much larger narrative surrounding Bitcoin, and the capital that they can put to work shaping the future of this novel currency far exceeds the 1.4 billion Bitcoin value uh, valuation right now. What he's saying there is the money in the wings of these VCs it far exceeds even just the current value of the market. So there's going to be a ton of money coming in.
2: Right, this massive potential.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a nice long article over at Zero Hedge that he wrote, and uh, it's worth a read if you're interested in that kind of stuff, because I think it shows you how people who sit back and watch technology trends are starting to identify that this is a, the, the first, the first mover advantage window is here. It's, it's, we're, we're in it now and people are recognizing it outside the Bitcoin bubble. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the recent DDoSs. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a there's a post that I agree with quite a bit over on uh, thegenesisblock.com, com and he's suggesting that we've reached a turning point for Bitcoin for denial of service attacks recent denial of service attacks this week uh, were uh, fairly ineffective against Mt Gox's price uh, unlike past denial of service attacks something very interesting happened nothing trades trickled through at prices and prices barely moved. Remaining in a tight band for hours, the implications could be tremendously positive, because remember, a DDoS attack is not free. The attacker could make a botnet, but it's more likely they rent it out a few hundred dollars. Then they have, uh, they, uh, then they have to use it to overload the servers with the sell orders. While the transactions are minuscule amounts, a proper DDoS requires tens of thousands of orders, potentially adding up to thousands of dollars.
2: So yeah, it's a cost for this guy to to initiate these DDoSes, but if right. the price is maintain, is maintaining stability, when he does it, he can't really you know buy back at a lower price or sell right. off at higher price. <clears throat> it
0: becomes a loss. So it, now it, yeah, there's right. still a dip. There's still there's still been dips, but the dips have been like very minor and very temporary.
2: Right. Yeah. It's been. I mean, how, how many have we had since that that major one that, that really killed everything? I,
0: I'd say there's been there's been uh, there's been uh, it was Wednesday or Thursday after last week's show that uh, Mt. Gox went down actually for for several hours. So you were, does that sound right? And then there yeah, was, and then I'm there well, was a lot of crap. Yeah, there, I want to say there was two DDoS's between. That between, sounds right. Yeah, yeah, our last show now, um, and the price moved a little bit. First time, like twenty bucks, and the second time, even less than that, I think, if I'm recalling. And obviously now it's up higher than it was even then. What do you think this means?
2: I mean, but people aren't freaking out, and I think that's the, that's the primary benefit here is that. It, as the as the ddos has become more common people are seeing that the you know it's not dropping down to zero like it's not really not really going anywhere you got a big drops but it's nothing's crazy is going on so i mean if it continues like this, he's not. Gonna, these people who are performing the DDoSes are, aren't really going to profit that much, if at all. So I would think you know, they're disincentivized for doing that, and, and it's better for everybody else because we can get the price table, and we get the news to stop freaking out all the time about nothing. It crashed down to a, a new high you know, of two months ago.
0: Right, right. But then when are we going to get our Colbert report? <laughs> you know, <the>, uh, <clears throat> and the other thing, too, is it, it really serves nobody if the price crashes to zero, because then their gains have been for nothing. Right. So that's yeah, yeah. yeah, So there, there's that element to it where the, there's a real fine line these attackers have to walk where they, where they're, the profit margin is actually much smaller than we think because it needs to rebound for them to actually
2: because they got to sell at some point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they do right there. That's what that's you know uh, that's one of the great things that the, the GenesisBlock.coms post has is he kind of has identified here's the uh, here's the holding pattern where it's at here's where they think the best time to attack is here's where they're selling. Um, it's a great post and uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes if you guys want to. No, I don't that. know
2: if he mentioned it there, but um, I don't know of any exchanges that allow short selling. So, I mean, because that, that, that could be a a significant way to profit off of DDoS, right?
0: Very good point. And very, very good point. He does bring it up. However, Mark Karpels, Karpelis, uh, he's the CEO of Mount Gox, and he was interviewed uh, today by Reuters TV and they asked him about short selling. So let me play a little bit of this interview. I, didn't, I don't have the whole thing in here, but we'll just play a clip from it. And uh, I believe that comes up.
4: I met up with CEO Mark Carpellos in Tokyo and I asked whether the Bitcoin's recent roller coaster ride would affect the currency's long-term viability.
1: I don't really have any lasting effect. Well, of course, people who have invested in between and just saw the price go down really fast, uh, probably feel like they need to sell their Bitcoins or don't want to play with this anymore. On the really long term, Bitcoin will rise eventually.
4: What would you say is the real value of a Bitcoin?
1: The real value of Bitcoin is the price at which people are ready to buy Bitcoin, actually. Well, as we see things here, uh, there's a good chance that Bitcoin will uh, then rise again and will slowly adapt to a price in between the highest and lowest price we saw. What do you think will be, uh, where can we be with Bitcoin in a year? Well, we don't even know where we'll be with Bitcoin in one month, so in one year it's really even more difficult to say. Uh, but it could be anywhere between $1,000 for a Bitcoin to 20 30 The way Bitcoin works, the value should increase in time as long as more people are using it. Uh, it's still really early in the game, uh, so it's really hard to tell how it's going to go. If people want to stay safe, don't buy Bitcoin right now and buy later. People who buy now have more chance, of course, to make more profit or losses. For an equal risk, comes an equal profit.
4: And what needs to happen next for Bitcoin to really take off?
1: Uh, The most important part for Bitcoin to grow is for merchants to accept Bitcoins. Whereas the more major merchants accept Bitcoin, the more interest people have to buy Bitcoin to actually use those Bitcoins in merchants.
4: So it's moving people away from speculating into actually using the coins.
1: Well, speculation still depends on uh, Bitcoin being useful for something. How much real money are we talking when we
4: you know, when you see money going in and going out?
1: Depending on the days, we get let say between five on what twenty million dollars. Uh, twenty million dollars incoming every day. Uh, incoming in our system. In terms of outgoing transfers, we're currently we see three hundred thousand to one million dollar going out a day.
0: Twenty million in, one million out.
2: That's a nice ratio for the uh, you
1: know future profits. Future so increase in price a lot of money.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's money to be spent,
1: right? Oh, yeah.
2: Ain't there for no reason. Right, right,
0: exactly.
1: Throwing it and not much out, I guess there's room for Bitcoin price to raise more. Will you introduce the ability to short the Bitcoin? Well, we're working on this. The uh, only issue with shorting is the uh, legal side of things. To be able to offer these kind of advanced features, we need to get the proper licensing, uh, which usually requires to tell what we are shorting, but Bitcoin having no legal definitions. It really makes things challenging.
4: Do you foresee taking moves to limit volatility with, for example? So
0: before he answers the uh, putting a break on the market question, so there's the question about shorting. They want to do it, but they're worried about regulation. And because he says there's no existing laws for Bitcoin, it makes it harder. It almost sounds like they're trying to get regulators to regulate that way they can have rules to follow.
2: I guess I mean. Well, I think they're trying to be proactive, like at least in some of the measures they were taking with, yeah. you know, being proactive with like various governments to actually, you know, get out in the open, you know.
0: So there's been a rumor going around that uh, that Mount Cox would implement a uh, a braking system, so when the market starts going crazy, um, I would assume some some person in like a steam engine room would pull this giant crank and it would slow down the Mt. Cox trading engine. And maybe they'd introduce, like, some sort of leg system. Uh, hmm. Anyway, so he answers that
4: question. For example, a breaker like you might see in other exchanges?
1: Well, it really depends. We are actually large uh, markets have a breaking system. Where if things move too fast, we'll halt the market. We're trying to see if it's a good idea or not for Bitcoin. And do you pay your employees in Bitcoins? Uh, actually, we allow our employees to get uh, part of their salary in Bitcoin if they want. Uh, but we don't recommend getting more, uh, well, spending more on Bitcoins that you can afford. Finally, how risky is an investment in Bitcoins right now? Well, Bitcoin would quite qualify as a high risk investment. <laughs> uh, if you buy Bitcoins, you should buy with in, uh, keeping in mind that the value could be uh, zero the day after. Mm. For now, even if it shouldn't happen, mm. uh, there's still a chance it could happen. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee, there's no, uh, nothing behind Bitcoin trying to keep the uh, market value high. And why there are more and more people buying Bitcoins, uh, for now, it's still a high-risk investment.
0: I love... Uh, isn't he a great cheerleader there? <laughs> so, uh, and I got to be honest, <clears throat> and I don't mean any respect to him because I'm, I'm, I respect very much what Mt. Gox has accomplished, uh, but this was not a flattering interview for Mark. Um, they positioned the camera low, and so uh, when you're doing interviews... You know, a lot of times to be to be nice to your interview subject, you put the camera up a little bit, so that way they have to look just slightly up. <clears throat> it thins out the face. Yep, yep. And uh, you can also light um, from below, so that way they don't have bags under their eyes, but instead he was lit from above, so he has these bags under his eyes. He's sitting on a bouncy ball, and he's just kind of sitting there with the camera low, with his legs spread open, and it's just very, um, it's informal, it's very relaxed, <clears throat> but it's uh, it's definitely not a good image.
2: Yeah, it's another image issue that we're. I guess we'll be touching on. We some different aspects later on.
0: We will. Uh, so when, when with the interview with Dave, which we're just about to get to, uh, we talk about the Bitcoin image problem a little bit. So that's a just a little. This was a, this was just an interesting footnote to that conversation because that came out today, and it was like, oh come on, you don't have to put on a suit, but maybe stand or I, I don't know. Uh, so, anyways, bef- speaking of our conversation with Dave and the Butterfly Lab stuff. Look, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can believe it, uh, Butterfly Labs posted in the uh, Bitcoin forums, the day has arrived. Butterfly Labs is shipping. Uh, They've provided a picture here of some of their units that are going out. Now, don't get too crazy. There is uh, not not incredible numbers here. Uh, So on Monday, they shipped four jalapenos to one customer and three developer units. On today they shipped three more to customers they say here that they're getting ramped up and they're not gonna be making daily reports on how many they're shipping but eventually they'll do another update to let people know but according to butterfly labs there's about a half dozen or so that are going out to customers that's uh that's pretty that's pretty exciting and uh dave it was one of the guys that got his hands on one of these development units he's had it for about a week and I had a chance to sit down and chat with him. Yeah, I have Dave Perry from codinginmysleep.com on the line with me. Hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. So uh, thank you for joining me late at night. Uh, I know it's uh, it's after a work day for you, so I appreciate you uh, joining us. But, you know, it was timely because uh, you have your hands on a pretty hot commodity right now.
5: I do. I think aside from the uh, sort of half built, half working from the pictures I saw, not even in a case, uh, uh, units that they gave to Luke Jr. just to have him be able to write the software. I think this might be the only Butterfly Labs ASIC that's actually outside of their factory.
0: And this is a five giga hash unit? Is that what it is?
5: Yes, it is the, well... I I went to call it the jalapeno, but they've apparently changed the wording on their website, and it's no longer the jalapeno.
0: Oh, okay. Well, all right. So uh, that's why you're here today, because you have this unit, and uh, I want to chat with you a little bit about it. But, you know, I I came across your blog, uh, codinginmysleep.com. Actually, before you got your hands on the Butterfly Labs unit, uh, you, you had a pretty good post recently called Bitcoin's image problem. It's something I've been kind of kicking around too. So when I saw the title, it grabbed my attention. I thought this is kind of what I've been thinking about. And you drew a great comparison where you put a you put a picture of the Ben Bernanks up there and you said, you know, this guy looks
5: like a professional. And then you
0: put you know your average hacker up there, or in this case Luke Jr., and you said, not looking so professional.
5: Yeah, I actually feel a little bit bad about that. I got an email from Luke Jr. <laughs> shortly after that. It's like you know, that picture wasn't supposed to be like professional. Right. right? Yeah, I, yeah. I know. I know. I'm yeah, sorry. That's
0: not definitely not Bernanke at his worst. That's for sure. No,
5: absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure we could find a really bad looking picture of Bernanke if we tried.
0: But, you know, uh, Dave, I got to say, I think the point's a little valid when uh, when I'm seeing the coverage on CNBC and I'm seeing the coverage on Fox Business, the, the best representative I, I think we get for Bitcoin is either um, uh, the um, BitPay uh folks or uh the uh the uh bitcoin a t m guy or uh max kaiser
5: yeah and and Max is kind of in the maybe category for me personally i mean I, I i don't have anything against the guy, but he does kind of come off as crazy what Do you do you I, call, do you think he's pumping I don't know i mean he he feels to me a lot like he's in that same sort of category as Jim Kramer. Or he's he's more he's more about making a spectacle than be taken than being taken seriously. I do
0: agree, at least on his show. Um, oh I've yeah, absolutely. Some, I don't know if you've seen some of the conference videos where he's like at the uh, Bitcoin London conference, and he seems much more you know um, toned down.
5: Yeah, yeah he but behaves himself in in those settings. I think a little I'm, bit more.
0: I'm of two minds as well because to me it seems like uh, potentially. Uh, so he go he does go way back with virtual trading systems, um, and he oh, even yeah. has patents there, which is a whole other area that I have concerns about.
5: But um, because wasn't he one of the big players in the what is it, the Hollywood Stock Exchange? I think it. they called yeah, it the, the Hollywood
0: Virtual Stock Exchange. And yeah. he also developed another some sort of internal system that he took the
5: patent for and he
0: licensed it to a to a to a major firm. Um, and so it could be he innately gets the fundamental value in virtual currency in a interconnected world. Maybe. So it could be that, or it could be he's, he's pumping and dumping in a completely unregulated market where he can get away with anything.
5: I think the, the, the crux of the problem is basically, I always say there's, there's two different kinds of people. If you ignore, the the real like real hardline crazy people are the people who are just so over political that you can't take them seriously at all if you ignore that tiny fraction that really vocal fraction but that very tiny fraction and you just look at the people who are seriously into bitcoin it seems like most of them fall into two categories either like me, they were, you know, geeks that got into it for the crypto and then they learned the economics
0: mm-hmm,
5: or mm-hmm. they're economists who got into it for the economics and then learned some of the crypto. And it, uh, in my opinion, it seems to be that like you talk about the BitPay guys, they're all with, with a couple of exceptions, kind of in that that latter category where they're all economists and they got into it for the economics and then they learned the crypto. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Which actually so kind I of think, shows a a certain maturity level of...
5: Of of Bitcoin, oh um, definitely. Now, but here's I guess what I want to kind of address it, is I think it also could, it also changes the number of ties they have in their closet for uh, when they get on CNN. <laughs> and and you know using
0: the big words that the uh, that the anchor likes to hear and all those kinds of things,
5: as opposed to the big words that scare the newbies.
0: Right. <laughs> um, so I guess you could take Bitcoin's image problem and you could flip it on its head and you could say. Bitcoin's missing a face of Bitcoin, and there is a power gap that there's probably uh, "quote unquote" Bitcoin celebrities wanting to fill. Do you would you agree with that?
5: I would absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, I, I I don't have the um, I don't have the hubris to try to put myself in that category, even though my wife keeps trying to. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm, I have to admit I'm guilty of it too. If you go watch the video where I unboxed the ASIC, that was literally like, I had just come home from having breakfast and I saw the box on the doorstep and I was so excited. I'm like, Jill, grab the camera right now. We're doing this. And then I got people in comments who are like, dude, cut your nails. You're a wild man. And I have this neck beard and I'm wearing an old crappy t-shirt. I was excited and I completely forgot about everything else in the world. So I can understand where the problem comes from. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm certainly not the solution to it, but I, I do at least see it.
0: Seems, uh, it seems like it's going to be an interesting thing. We'll see just develop. It's kind of hard to say now because uh, I mean, obviously uh, BitPay is a great example of, of why Bitcoin can make a lot of sense for um, um, merchants. So I think, you know, they're, they're pulling ahead in that area, but I just, uh, I think it's just an area that's interesting to kind of watch. It's, it's a problem that, uh, anything that's new that's sort of, uh, you know, open source and crowd. You know, like, uh, for example, eventually, I always kind of pull from this, but Red Hat kind of emerged as an industry representative of Linux and Ubuntu on the desktop, you know. So there's always kind of, maybe it's different areas, but there's always kind of emerges sort of a representative. Right. Seems at least. All right. Well, uh, so, which is, which is if you, it's a great post. to Go over to uh, codinginmysleep.com and look for... Uh, Dave's post on uh, Bitcoin's image problem. He's got a very nice trolley uh, picture that uh, grabbed my Redditor attention. And uh, <laughs> that's what sucked me in. That and a good headline. But I, I want to talk about uh, that video that you just mentioned, the very exciting moment where you got home and there's the package. And it's
5: this, It's I guess they're calling it the single now. Is that the, what? I don't even think they've called it a single. I'd have to look at their page again to be 100% certain, but I think it's just referred to in very generic terms like five giga hash Bitcoin miner or something like that.
0: (laughs) Well, I think everybody knows it as the jalapeno, but... Right. uh, Yeah. And uh, this is a funny story. First of all, kudos to you. Great. This is a great uh, first video because there's a lot of interest around this. You must have
5: gotten a ton of traffic on this. Enough that it almost crippled my web server. I I was... (laughs) I was doing things to a live web server that you should never do live, just to try and keep it from dying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can picture a Scotty moment in engineering there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so you 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 actually kind of prove though that they're real and they're actually functioning, and you were able to hook it up. And in the video, after you installed some software and whatnot, you even you even were mining bitcoins. Um, but that was a few days ago. How has it been? In the interim, since you've released that video, has there been anything new that you've kind of uh, discovered or any kind of additional thoughts? Or has it been smooth?
5: It's been pretty smooth. There are a, a tiny handful of things that I've noticed that are that have kind of caught my attention that didn't immediately catch my attention in the video. Um, from From an operational standpoint, it's just running. It's totally smooth. There's no problems with it. It's been pushing out the 5 giga hash that I've been expecting. How's the heat? Uh, the heat is... Pretty much a non-issue. I've got it sitting right next to um, one of the old FPGA singles. And just like you'd expect, you know, uh, for, for for those who skipped a, a class in thermodynamics, pretty much all of the electricity that gets consumed by a device is converted into heat. So if you've got an 80-watt device and you've got a 30-watt device, the 80-watt device is going to be putting out a little more than twice the heat of the 30-watt device. And,
0: so you're, and you're, getting, you're getting around 5 gigahashes
5: at 30 watts. Mm-hmm. That's not so bad, really. It's really not. It's not near the uh, the targets that they were projecting. yeah, and my understanding is that it's it's a bit below what they're hoping to eventually pull. They're just kind of reaching a point where they they have to ship, yeah, at this point. Avalon is about to ship batch two. And I think, I think in addition to all of the standard business and economic reasons that Butterfly Labs really wants to get a product out the door, yeah. I think they're also a little worried about the idea of Avalon. Uh, I think Batch 2, if BFL doesn't ships, will put them over 50% of the network hash rate.
0: That is incredible. I mean, it really shows you the scale and power of these uh, ASICs. It's insane. Do um, you, really, you really believe... I mean, I, 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 so you've, you know, I really, I, my only understanding of Butterfly Labs is completely just from the, from the outside, kind of looking at their products. I, uh, I pre-ordered, um, see, did I, where do I have that? my pre-order I think I pre-ordered, I want to say the 60 hash one when I thought it was, uh, when I thought it, you know, back at, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I pre-ordered the 30 hash unit on, uh, on April 2nd. So I got in the batch before they kind of made modifications.
5: Oh, the little single?
0: Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's what it was supposed to be called. I. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. That now it's going to be a twenty-five gigahash Bitcoin miner is uh, what they're calling it now. Uh, right. And uh, so I've I've obviously been following, and I figure, boy, this is going to be great for the show if they do ship and et cetera. Et cetera. But I've never bought, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm kind of becoming a curmudgeon, but I've never bought that they were doing it for the health of the Bitcoin network to commoditize and 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 decentralize the power. But you think that's really what it is?
5: I think that uh, I think that butterfly labs is just big enough that there is a mixture of mindsets. It's, it's not quite on the scale of the, like most of the other operations that have been churning out hardware are, are kind of, you know, Apple in the eighties. There are a couple of guys in a garage <laughs> who, you know, get the right contacts at the right time. Yeah, but they're and building they Apple twos. To,
0: yeah, they definitely yeah, are. Yeah,
5: exactly. But uh, butterfly labs is somewhat bigger than that. There's, At the very least, several people involved at the upper levels, and then they've got employees and things doing other stuff. But I think at the upper levels, they have just enough people involved that there are multiple voices. There are some people there that are Bitcoiners through and through and care more about Bitcoin than they probably do about their own company. (laughs) And then there are people who are just there, you know, as pure businessmen trying to make money. And then there are people all shades of gray in between. And so I think where's all I the think,
0: scam, where's all the scam, 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 uh, you know, mob mentality coming from in the community. Is it
5: just because it's been so long since they've announced it? It's, it's partially that it's also because butterfly labs has a little bit of a spotty history and they have a couple of people involved that maybe haven't always behaved exactly the way they should have. Mm. Um, uh, the, the, it really goes back to the the original FPGA singles. Back at that period of time, uh, the thing you got to understand about an FPGA it's basically a chip that you can program to pretend to be other chips. So they're really useful for prototyping things or for making very small runs of things. But they're not they're not something that usually finds its way into mass marketed products. So when someone shows up and says we're going to make an FPGA minor. And they give you an outrageously high looking hash rate and they give you an outrageously low, low looking price. Mm -hmm. And this is what they did. They just announced it on their website before they actually had a product. Everyone shows up and says, no way, you can't possibly get that many FPGAs. You can't get their price that low because there's no way to buy them in that kind of bulk. You know, there's all of these arguments and then people are saying, well, you know, it, it doesn't make sense from a thermodynamic standpoint. You can't pull that much hash rate out of those FPGAs. So they started start to
0: think maybe they look a little like they don't know what they're doing.
5: Right. And with the first run, what basically ended up happening is, to some extent, Butterfly Labs didn't necessarily know what they were doing. They knew enough to build the product, but their math, the math by which they arrived at their hash rate was obviously flawed. So they ended up coming in just like they did this time, a little over power and a little or, or a little bit over on power consumption and a little bit under on hash rate uh yeah, but they yeah. did deliver a product and they mass manufactured and got lots and lots of them out there I and think they I were get
0: heat for it but I actually you know when I threw in for my pre order i kind of i kind of expected i just kind of it kind of felt like you know it's when you when you pre order something that's still in r and d you're just not ever gonna full. It's not quite going Kickstarter, but it's it's almost like that. You're not quite gonna get what they're delivering because they're still actually building it. Um, yeah, but you haven't know, even
5: hammered as, down the specs perfectly yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. But as as you and I are recording this uh, Monday night, um, the the number three uh, story on the Bitcoin subreddit, and it's also one of the more active threads in the Bitcoin Talk forum tonight, is uh, Butterfly Labs has announced they're shipping the first uh, Jalapeno units. Now, see, they've actually called them Jalapenos here in in this. Or somebody did, but uh, they've got a picture of it here. They've got the units boxed up, and they're they're actually mailing them out today.
5: Oh, well, maybe I'm mistaken. I'm I'm hardly their uh, marketing and PR arm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's all no. It's completely understandable because I'm on their website. It doesn't say jalapeno anywhere. So. Oh, okay. <laughs>
5: yeah. No, it's so confusing. Fifty percent. And again, that might go back to there being lots of people who work there. Maybe some marketing person decided to not call it the jalapeno, and everyone else just ignored him.
0: So, uh, what do you think? Do you think when these uh, units start hitting the uh, the uh, market, um, they're almost going to make them irrelevant because the hash rate or the difficulty rate will go up?
5: So high? that's yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, with with any jump in mining technology, the people who are there first, ahead of the curb, are the ones who stand to make the most money. Sure. Uh, because you know, like right now, this thing mining at five giga hash. If you do the math, that's like a grand a week at, at current difficulty levels. The difficulty levels are not going to stay that way right. for very long no, yeah, once there's yeah. a lot of these things in the wild. So the first handful of people who get their hands on these things are going to reap the majority of the benefit. And then, you know, I, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, you know, the people who are at the back of the queue are just screwed. And I don't necessarily know that I agree with that. I think the people who are at the back of the queue are basically going to be doing what I was doing with my, sing- with my FPGA single. Right. It just sits on my desk. It sucks down an, an amount of wattage and, that I don't at, really at care 30, about. You
0: can let it go for quite a while. And oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, um, so have you Save heard more power than that by turning off the light bulb on my desk? Yeah.
0: Have you heard any rumors about the bigger units, maybe like uh, the 25 giga hash units or anything like that. Because really, all we've really seen so far are the five units. And you got to figure those are probably the lowest, uh, the easier to make for thermal and all of that. Maybe, you know, they could just take the medium units uh, case and throw the uh, five giga hash unit in there and solves the thermal problem. So that seems like that's a lot easier to bring to market. Have you heard anything about the the
5: higher capacity units? I have. I've heard a little bit about a lot of things. Um, (laughs) I love that. I, I talk to uh, I talk to the guys at BFL pretty regularly, um, and uh, the one contact I seem to be missing at BFL is uh, the the mysterious Nasser, who actually is like the tech genius, who is the one I want to ask all the questions to. But mm-hmm. I, I have people who are at least proficient that I talk to. My understanding is the original design for the jalapenia there was supposed to be one chip in it. When they moved it up to this case to deal with the thermal problems, they made it two chips and they kind of underclocked them both so that they would consume less wattage and put out less heat. Mm -hmm. They were worried, I guess about not necessarily the amount of heat they put off, but the thermal density, like how much heat per square inch Mm. they put off. Mm. Um, And so they moved them into this case and they did that. And that seemed to take care of the problem. Uh, My understanding is also that, and and this could end up being completely different when it actually comes to fruition. uh, But they felt confident that the little single, would still be able to fit in this case too, but that the regular single was going to need a bigger case. I've seen pre-renders of it. I'm not really allowed to say too much more than that, but it is bigger. It is a bigger unit. And then they won't even tell me what they're doing with the, uh, with the mini rig. They give me the same line that they gave everyone else, which is that they have some clever ideas and they're working on it.
0: Wow. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I I think it's going to be interesting. And I, I, one of the reasons why I'd really love to see them be successful is it, it sort of does sort of distribute out the computing power to the people you know, in a way. I mean, there's nothing preventing once these guys really ramp up production for somebody buying a huge batch. But you would think initially it's going to be limited. And so a lot of people will just sort of it'll spread out in the market slowly. So I, I'm not as much of a pessimist about the difficulty rate. Obviously, it's going to go up, but they yeah. are really going to ship so many so fast. So the first people in, like you said, really will sort of the be belt the best rewarded and it'll 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 eventually slowly creep up the difficulty rate
5: yeah oh well, and the other reason that you know I, I really like butterfly labs it goes back to our prior conversation about bitcoin's image problem you know if you if you go back and look at oh especially during the gpu days when when mining was all done with video cards if you go and look prior to butterfly labs product line at the stuff people were using to mine bitcoins hmm. It literally yeah. looks like <laughs> you know the ship's computer from a bad sci fi movie yeah. It's just circuit boards and wires everywhere and fans and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of watts of electricity and you know even even the Avalon I've got nothing against the Avalon guys. I would love to have an avalon oh, yeah but but, yeah, it's, but, it's, but the case is like sheet metal and machine screws mm-hmm. and BFL stuff looks pretty. You're it's, right. It's, it's very well that designed. Engineer, I shouldn't care about, but I do.
0: Yeah, no. It, well, uh, it's part of, like you said, it's part of the image. It's, it's, it looks like it's a sophisticated thing. And any, I think that's a good image to associate with Bitcoin. Um, I want to let you, anything, any topic you want to touch on and also tell people where they can find you and anything you're
5: up to. Um. Oh, you know what? I did actually miss something earlier. I told you there were a couple of interesting changes that I'd noticed in the ASIC single. Yeah. I didn't actually tell you one of them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, tell me.
5: One of my pet peeves with the FPGA singles um, was if you look at the case, it's aluminum mesh on pretty much every side, uh, and they're they're just horrible for airflow. You can't uh-huh. put them next to each other or on top of each other or next to anything because they have to have airflow in every direction. I had to go buy little aftermarket rubber feet to stick to <laughs> the bottom of mine to keep it up off the desk. Uh, the new Asics, the airflow is completely front to back. Okay, good. So intake on one side, exhaust on the opposite, no holes anywhere else. And those are the only sides you have to worry about. How's the build
0: quality feel? Now, this is not necessarily a final unit you have, but
5: I mean, the build quality feels like about what I would expect. I mean, it feels basically the same as the old uh, uh, FPGA. If I still had the case on old FPGA unit, I probably would have to double take to tell them apart. That's awesome. All right. Well, so where can people find you? Well, I am all over the place. Uh, the primary place you can find me is at codinginmysleep.com. Uh, I am on Twitter. My handle is uh, KJ6CCZ. That's a throwback to my old ham radio days. Yeah, yep. Kilo Juliet 6, Charlie Charlie Zulu. <laughs> Um, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash coding in my sleep. And, uh, if you just type David Perry into Google plus, you'll probably find me or you'll find the guy who wrote earthworm Jim.
0: All right, Dave. We'll have a great rest of your evening. Thanks for coming on the show. And you can find links to uh, his blog over on uh, our show notes. Just go find uh, episode three of plan B and, uh, right then and there you'll uh, get links to his uh, unboxing video, which if you haven't seen yet, is definitely worth checking out, Mr. Drew. Did you see uh, the number one question that made me cringe in the chat room? Do you know what? Do you have any guesses of what it was?
2: No, I didn't see it.
0: Can that Butterfly Labs machine be used to mine Litecoin? <laughs>
2: that, that's my question too.
0: <clears throat> no, no. That in fact, ASIC stands for Application Specific, it, so it's specific to SHA two fifty six. Uh, uh, we actually chat a little bit about Litecoin in the interview, but I, I cut it just for time. But um, the uh, the problem with the Butterfly Labs and and also the Avalons is that they are only going to work for Bitcoin, and the memory requirements of of Escripta is going to be uh, you know far beyond what those uh, Butterfly Lab units or the current generation Avalon units will be uh, capable of. Now, who knows? Maybe we'll have hybrid or reprogrammables or something in the future. But for right now, if you make that investment, quote unquote. It's only going to mine Bitcoin, so I hope it pays off. Cause I got the twenty-five. Well, it was thirty when I pre-ordered it, but I'll get <laughs> I'll get the twenty-five unit. And when are you supposed to get yours? Don't know. But as soon as I do, of course, I'll have a full report on the uh, on the show. So, all right. Uh, all right. Well, while we're on the topic of Litecoin. We had uh, a thread started in our Plan B subreddit, which is awesome. You guys, if uh, if you'd like a little extra show, or you want to submit some links or start a discussion thread, it's a great place to go. And we have that linked in the show notes. And it was uh, started by Jersey eighty five. He says, "I'm really interested in the light in the Litecoin pool for the Jupiter Broadcasting audience. Is anyone else out there working on this, or is it just me?" And unfortunately, fortunately, just you so far. Jersey 85. We are still, we're still considering, uh, we would, you know, we both, Drew and I are Litecoin miners. And uh, I think, I think it'd be kind of cool to get a pool started. Drew, are you still on, uh, what was the pool? Uh, Uh, We Mine LTC. How's that working?
2: It's working fine. I mean, they they had a couple of outages, but uh, since the last episode, I I haven't woken up uh, freezing. So
0: (laughs) that's good. That's good. Uh, Heck, man, look at that. Litecoin is trading for $2.76 right now. Yeah, it's making its way up
2: just a tiny, tiny bit at a time. And, so I'm hoping uh, because I mean, I'm I'm hardly in bitcoins anymore. Like I said, I only had four hundred or five hundred back in the day. Luckily, I can't quite remember, but I only got five bitcoins now. Just <laughs> that's how I roll.
4: <laughs>
0: oh, ow! Uh, but you had a uh, you had a cool site of the week that uh, I'm, I have up on screen right now, cryptochart.com, and it's actually slash lightwatchusd.php, which is what we have that linked. But this is a real time chart for Litecoin, huh?
2: Yeah, I hadn't seen any any real time charts for Litecoin. Yeah, like I always
0: you, go to BTCe, and it's always kind of a
2: yeah. Well, BTC kept crashing on me like within Chrome. Uh-huh. gives me gives me a lot of problems, and, and there's a lot of caching issues, like or at least the browser caches like whichever page you're on. So you got to do like a F5 or Control Five here there. But uh, the, this this website here, Crypto Charts, they they have a bunch of different charts for a bunch of different currencies mm-hmm. for a bunch of different you know cryptocurrencies, but. Uh, I think I think it was just in this last week they released this um this real time actual this chart. This
0: is here. nice. This is great.
2: They, they have them for uh, Bitcoin too, I
0: yeah. believe. No, yeah. Oh yeah, it looks like it. oh look at this. They even let you uh export uh, that the current snapshot of the chart out to a PNG or a JPEG or a PDF yes, or, sir. or an SVG. That is so cool. Uh that's a good find. All right. Um I got another side I'm going to share in a minute, but I want to take a second to talk about the the downsides of Litecoin. Now, before I do, I just want to disclaim I got like three rigs going right now. GPU mining Litecoin. Okay, I'm all in as far as like extra equipment I can spare doing this. Drew, what's your what's your current Litecoin operation over there?
2: I got a single desktop with a single uh, AMD uh, 7950.
0: Oh, that 7950 though, probably cranks pretty good, right?
2: It is pretty good. I still get about one coin a day. That- I go about full time, except when, of course, when we're doing the show.
0: Do you, do you remember what your hash rate is? Um,
2: if I crank it, uh, I can get like 580 or so Dang,
0: you're getting one light, you're getting one coin a day at with, cause I'm, I get about one every two days and I'm, uh, collectively I'm about. That's, that,
2: that. Well, I mean, you got, you got a little bit weaker cards, but I mean, how many stales are you getting though?
0: Yeah, I do have a kind of a high, I have like a, yes, right now it's like thing. a 15% stale rate or something.
2: There's different algorithms that, that they have. Um, yeah. at least that we, we might LTC use as some kind of stratum thing, which I haven't really read the technical details on, but, uh. It's supposed to use a uh, little less uh, network, and it's supposed to be a little bit more reliable in terms of getting actual valid uh, shares.
0: Yeah, I'm still on Burnside just because it's…
2: It, it's cool. They have a bunch of stuff on Burnside. I used them for, for a little while, but um, this we Mine LTC, I think I only started uh, this month, I think, is when they first opened business, but they got yeah. US and…
0: And we got emails know, from a few folks that said they're using it now, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw those. Yeah. Pretty
0: cool. All right. So, let's talk about the negatives of Litecoin before we go on cuz I I think it's we've talked a lot about the kind of positive sides. Both you and I were in it. We're we're mining. Uh you're even doing a little uh a fail trading and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Feels, Hey, hey you that's know, pretty good. I like that. That's me, man. <laughs> I I'm feeling pretty good right now. I uh I bought when it was at uh, 92. I bought just uh, I bought 3 at 92 and I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling good. I'm so far I've been I have sold on highs and bought on lows. Hey, Almost man, every uh, time. Just,
2: uh, just do the opposite of what I do, what I do, and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just like call you and be like, "Hey Drew, man, think about buying." If you're like, "Do it," then I know I should, I should not. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever I say, do the opposite. That's, that's why we're...
0: you should never listen to any financial advice from Plan B. Uh, exactly. All right, so here's some negatives. This was pointed out by IKEA Meatballs on the Litecoin subreddit. He says the Litecoin project repository, that's what I mentioned last week, hasn't been updated for five months. There hasn't been a com- there hasn't been a commit to the GitHub repo for Litecoin in five months. Bitcoin had an update two days ago. Obviously, the Litecoin infrastructure is weaker than Bitcoin as well. At this point, Bitcoin's hash rate is astronomical. It would be very, 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 very pointless for, bot, for even the largest botnet to try to CPU mine, really. So there's very little incentive other than the very pittance of results they're going to get. However, not true on Litecoin. Litecoin, if you've got enough CPUs, which is how, which is what most well, most malware, if it gets on a machine, it's going to do CPU mining because GPU mining requires OpenCL, it requires certain versions of the driver, it's, it's much, much more complicated. But if you can get on the machine, you can get any old process to take up 100% of the CPU. So via malware, Litecoin mining, I think, is especially vulnerable. Not only that, but you could also have people like, I was in a position back in 2011 when Bitcoin was still somewhat mineable on on CPUs, where I had a network of 200 desktop computers that the company policy was to run them 24-7. And I seriously thought, and I thought, you know, I could just write a little login (laughs) script that sets a scheduled job, that has these things mine all night long. Somebody's going to do that with Litecoin.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. And a lot of people are going to harass them in subreddits
0: about that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, they go on to mention, too, that like, uh, there's not really very many bolt-on services around Litecoin. There's not a strong PR party line behind it. Uh, there's kind of a, you know, oh, it used to be a pump and dump, and now it's just getting a legitimate kind of vibe to it. Moreover, its position is a little confused. Some people use it as silver, with the silver-gold analogy, uh, but it isn't an ounce of silver or anything like that compared to an ounce of gold. The ratio is way off. Right. Uh, he says, uh, there is no even a page on Wikipedia about Litecoin. Even techies who've heard of Bitcoin haven't heard of Litecoin outside of crypto coin enthusiasts. There aren't any mainstream services that take Litecoin. Now, uh, we're about maybe to see some of that change. I wouldn't. I would be surprised if Mt. Gox starts trading, and I wouldn't be surprised to see other sites like Silk Road and Seals with Clubs and other places take it up. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a few, here's a few positive aspects of Litecoin: faster transactions. Another crypto chain adds robustness to the underlying Bitcoin ecosystem. We've talked about that before. Project could fork in a different direction than Bitcoin. Well, you know, we've talked about that too, how it could kind of become a test bed for new concepts that work their way into Bitcoin eventually, since there's compatibility there. Uh, people put a one-fourth of Bitcoin potential USD market cap on Litecoin because there are four times as many Bitcoins. Or, uh, mm, mm, uh, I think you got that backwards. There's four yeah, times as many Litecoins. Four yeah. times as many Litecoins. 84 yeah. million total. Yeah. Uh, it say he also says that it attracts speculation since price is cheap you feel like you're getting more leverage on bitcoin that's actually kind of why i got into it myself originally it's believed that ltc will trade on gox although in the distant future putting a limited commodity in front of a wider public given recent gox meltdowns this may be less compelling but i still say it looks good uh so i think that's a pretty i think that's a pretty um pretty practical critique of the state of Litecoin. It's got some major issues. The CPU hashing power uh, difficulty is is low enough where I'm concerned about malware. Uh, you know, the fact that the GitHub repo hasn't been committed to in five effing months is concerning.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true.
0: Is it, is it a chicken and the egg problem, you
1: think?
2: Um. Well, I mean, the, another thing we have to take into account is is people move, with the course of course, what we just talked about with the ASICs, is people moving all their mining equipment over to Litecoins. So... I think it's pretty safe to assume that there's going to be a, a pretty significant increase in the difficulty. If that's true, then these people are generating a bunch of Litecoins. And if they're generating a bunch of Litecoins, I would think that they want to use them as a means of exchange somehow. So I, I think that might encourage at least right. some good and service providers to pop up around it. So that might be a positive thing you know, uh, that, that, that would help uh, bolster the, the Litecoin economy, I guess, as you could, you could call it.
0: There is hey. a Litecoin Wikipedia page. Well, we'll look at that. Uh, Maybe just got whipped together real quick. Let's go look at the view history. Let's see how old this thing is. Uh, It was. uh, Oh no, it goes way back. It goes. It goes back to uh, older. It goes past October 2012. Uh, You know. So that's a good point, right? As there's more coins created, there's sort of this drive to use them and use them for something. Now that I've got them, right? So that's absolutely very true. At the same time, you'll have Mt. Gox coming online, offering trading. You already have some exchanges like BTCe. That are accepting it, um, and if the price of Bitcoin does continue to go up, we're gonna need the, the the need for Litecoin goes up. Maybe
2: maybe Litecoin will evolve as more of a means of exchange, and Bitcoin as a store of value. Maybe.
0: Right or yeah, right. Yeah, or different. Or Bitcoin's used for a different level of transaction.
2: Yeah, like a higher level, you know. Yeah,
0: sort of like coins and dollars. There's a t- t-
2: there's a ton more Litecoin, so at least in in terms of the value ratio, I mean we're. Good, with the rate of the generation of the blocks, you're going to have a lot more litecoins in the market um, relative to Bitcoin. So,
0: and monitoring Price, just you know. monitoring just the GitHub repo isn't totally accurate of the Litecoin activity uh, and the you know development around it because there's also other projects going on and there's forks of uh, the of, uh, there's like a um, there's an Electrum Litecoin fork you know that wouldn't be reflected on that GitHub page. But I think it's still I think that's something to watch.
2: And the and the person who posted that in the subreddit, I think they were the ones who uh, posted a rebuttal. Um, towards the bottom of that or it might be the leading comment on there but yeah yep he brings up a lot of good points about uh, that kind of um you know argue against what what basically all the you know pros and cons that we just read about
0: there we'll have that thread linked in the show notes uh email from jason uh, enjoying litecoin but he has some questions he writes in he says uh hey guys uh he's he's also written a text net before well how cool is that uh he said, I've been hearing about Bitcoin for well over a year and finally decided to look into it about a month ago. And just uh, as I got into it, uh, uh, just as I got into Litecoin mining, Plan B shows up. It was great timing. Right now, I'm mining with uh, PoolBits.com and I've accumulated a balance of 0.04709423. I'm hoping that is not a count of the Litecoins since I have had a pair of i7s, it's a 2011 MacBook Pro and a Xeon uh 5620 running for a couple of days and that return would be abysmal i'm working on getting gpu mining working but i'm doing it on an old linux p4 with an old gpu and FreeBSD is on the xeon so i'm running into obstacles but i'm learning a lot about cryptocurrency so it's worth the struggle any idea though what that unit of measure is drew what do you think that user unit of measure is (laughs) Ah. I'll tell you what it is. That's how much he's accumulated. That's his balance. <laughs> that when you have a balance of zero point zero four litecoins, that's yeah. I mean, are you? Yeah, I mean, I I have no point of reference for CPU mining of Litecoin. Drew, have you done any CPU mining of Litecoin? I, I
2: tried that at the beginning. Um, I first got into Litecoin before it got you know before it was ever even close to a dollar. But I did some some uh, CPU mining with my dual core, uh, about four year old, uh, two point six gigahertz thing. Um, I, I got a a whopping seven kilo hashes per second.
0: Yeah, you know the problem that uh, Jason's up against is the difficulty rate for Litecoins has been going up quite a bit because Pretty
2: significantly, like in the last couple of months, it's it's multiplied by yeah, yeah. Well, oh, all, these,
0: uh, all these all uh, these GPU miners hey, on Bitcoin hey, and, are well. swinging over to are swinging over to um, uh, Litecoin. So you have all this transition, all this. So this is this is part of the problem. Is all of this. Uh, all of this hardware is out there. All of these investments have been made in the power, in the cooling, in the GPUs, and they're all got to go somewhere.
1: This is they, another they thing. Why, this yeah. is
0: another reason why I think Litecoin could do well is because people have, people need to do something with that hardware. So I got, I got, uh, I'm over at uh, ltcblock explorercom This was another one of the critiques was that the tools aren't as good, and I kind of agree for Litecoin. But you right. can see, uh, right? Boom! Huge jump at the beginning of April. Yeah, right
2: when I sold. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it well.
0: <laughs> uh, so you, you unfortunately, man, I think you are running into the limitations of uh, your CPU mining, Jason. Uh, he goes on to say, "I've also entertained the idea of setting up a mining pool for my geeky friends, and I love the idea of doing some one uh, doing one for Plan B, so I can give back to Jupyter Broadcasting since I've learned so much from you guys already. I run my own machines at home and have plenty of storage and traffic capacity, so that won't be a problem." I could get a VPS somewhere, but maybe Alan could be convinced to set anyone up on Scale Engine. Hmm. You know, if you wanted to run a VM on Scale Engine, I could talk to Alan about that. Thanks, Jason. I will talk to Alan about that. Maybe that could be our uh, pool server. Because, I mean, what? We're going to have a few hundred, right? It's just going to be a collection of of us. But that means when we find something, the the, the, the split will be greater, I believe, right? Isn't that how that works?
2: Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we're going to be, I guess possess more shares because there's going to be only a few people. So if we do find a block, then it's going to be distributed you know, at a higher rate to yeah. individuals.
0: Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. Uh, so uh, Jason, I'll uh, chat with uh, Alan um, on Thursday and maybe we can uh, talk some more. All right. Well, uh, Drew, any, any other Litecoin topics you want to cover before I jump to the grab bag? No, bring it on. All right. So I have two things in the grab bag this week. I might add more and this is where Drew and I are just going to... We're just going to, we got this big old sack and we're just going to toss stuff in it. And one that could be helpful if you ever know that question, hey, is such such and such down for you? Well, go check out bitcoinstatus.org where they have a very simple, <laughs> here's what's up, here's what's down. And green check mark means up, red square, or red, red X means down. And you can, and it's got all of the sites I care a lot about. Gox is on there. The uh, community forums are on there. The online wallets that I care the most about. And, of course, then also Bitcoinity, which was down, uh, which has been down a couple of times. Um, And BitPay, (laughs) which is huge. So, uh, that is uh, BitcoinStatus.org. And then the other one that I have linked in the show notes, It hopefully will actually be helpful to a couple of people that emailed in asking for more information on what the heck is a blockchain and how the blockchain works. Awesome infographic that was put out earlier in the week and then has been revised today. Uh, to be even more accurate explaining what the heck the blockchain is and it is a really good infographic that uh, you can go check out it's way too long for us to read on the show we'll probably we're gonna we're gonna cover some of these basics in a future episode we're gonna make like a little like a little boot camp i think at some point but for right now um this will really get you started go go look at this infographic it, it's a really really well done and it explains it's great it. yeah.
2: yeah i've, I've looked i read it twice so,
0: yeah. you, <laughs> you know what? And for the, for the awesome folks in our live chat room, boom, just gave them, I've been handing them links throughout the whole episode. So, if this is one reason why, if you're listening, you're like, oh, what was that? What did he just talk about? It's another great reason to listen live. Uh, go over to jblive.tv. We do the show 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT over at jblive.tv. And don't forget about that subreddit over at planbshow.reddit.com. We're always taking submissions, show ideas. Discussions, anything like that. Drew's often in there, uh, kicking ass. Oh yeah, that's always keyboard,
2: cute. keyboard, tough guy. <laughs> I'm here, man. <laughs> if y'all need, I'm here. <laughs> and
0: and uh, you got a new mic this week, so that's awesome. You sounded great. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I'm excited. So and and next week, I'm not going to say what we have planned, just in case it doesn't work out. But Drew and I are very very excited about who our guest might be next week because it's whoa, somebody whoa. we wanted to talk to. Uh, and I think Drew, we should make the whole episode themed around it if it works out.
2: I absolutely agree. I was going to talk to you about that. Okay,
0: cool. All right. Well, we'll, that's what we'll do. So if it all works, well, we'll we'll definitely have something planned for next week, but if everything goes as we're scheming, episode four is going to be absolutely fantastic and a ton of fun. But uh, hopefully you found some useful information this week's episode. We always want to hear from you. Email us, planbshow at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Don't forget to join us on Tuesdays over on the live stream, and then we're available for download. Oh, Thank you to those of you who rated and commented in iTunes. You actually got us into the up and coming section for a little while, but we faded. So if you're an iTunes user and wouldn't mind giving some comments and some ratings, you help out our discovery in the iTunes store. We really appreciate that. All right, Drew. Man, have a great week. We'll see you next week. All right, see you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Plan B.
4: See you next week.